you know, there's going to be hard work up ahead. And, and we're, we're certainly not afraid of that hard work. We welcome that hard work. And Justin and myself and a lot of other great companies have been through big change. And uh, that's essentially uh, what's, what's coming down the pike. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast, where we cover top programmatic and digital news. I'm your host, Ellen Parker, your very own programmatic sensei. Thank you for joining us. And before we get into today's conversation, please do me those three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on social media. We are currently on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and very soon to be on YouTube, y'all. And finally, sign up to the newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com. It sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. Welcome to the Programmatic Digest podcast. Eric, Justin, welcome. This is your first time on the podcast. I'm excited to have you. It is indeed. Yeah, thanks for having us. We're, we're excited. And thanks for all the work that you do. You've had some some great, great guests and, and we're honored to be uh, included uh, in, in the group. So thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. I am particularly excited about this one because, again, I am 100% on the buy side. Um, but before we get into the conversation today, which is the sell side perspective with everything that's happening in our industry, give or take, I'd love to have you both introduce yourselves quickly, you know, Eric and yourself and then Justin, let us know what you do, who you are, and um, how we can get a hold of you. Sure. Sounds great. First, my, my name is Eric uh, Rickadan. I am a, a co-founder of uh, Media Tradecraft. Um, and we can talk about what Media Tradecraft is here in just a second. But uh, a little bit about myself. Uh, I've spent my entire career really, you know, as a, as a publisher, either in roles in product operations or revenue, and, uh, and then eventually moving into media services, always serving publishers. And, uh, and, and so in 2019, my co-founder, Justin, and myself launched Media Tradecraft and uh, innovating on, on ways on how we can provide specialized media services for publishers. But uh, I'll let Justin introduce himself. Yeah, and my name is uh, Justin Hansen. So similar to Eric, my background is really over the last six to seven years servicing publishers directly. So, you know, my background is more operations and yield, but also bridging a little bit of the technical dev side of things. But, you know, with the core focus always being like publisher services, optimizing publisher revenue and, and really making sure that, you know, all publishers on an individual basis are really, really maximizing what they're doing, happy, things like that. So... Yep. So uh, our firm, you know, uh, we're really a specialized media services firm that, mm -hmm. you know, um, really privately sort of serves both, you know, uh, a large media company or sort of mid-sized publishers. Mm -hmm. uh, what makes us a little bit different is that we really sort of insource our services and we provide those exclusive services for those publishers and work directly with teams internally and or uh, they can work, um, you know, with, with us in, in a unique way as well. So... Um, and our folks, uh, it's not just Justin and myself, um, mm -hmm. you know, we're really proud of the team that we've, you know, hand uh, sort of assembled. Uh, we're <laughs> fortunate that, you know, a lot of the folks that we work with have uh, a tremendous real world experience. Um, they come from the best publishers in, in media today. Some come from technology. 
uh, that have actually come from, you know, like a browser or a company like Microsoft. Uh, we have, you know, deep math and analytical skills that really help with data science. Mm-hmm. And uh, so when you bring this team together, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a lot of folks uh, refer to us as almost kind of like a Navy SEAL team, you know, <laughs> that, you know, is really specialized as designed to, to really uh, generate a particular sort of strong um, sort of force, but is also very specialized in, in what it does and is highly efficient and, and uh, effective. So that's us. Got it. This is quite fascinating. I think it's a, a really cool concept. And again, I don't have a lot of experience in working with, uh, well, no, I have experience with working with publishers, of course, but I'm 100% on the buy side, like I was mentioning. Mm-hmm. So I am all ears for today's episode. I'm super excited <laughs> um, because we are going Thank to you, chat. <laughs> We're going to chat about something we don't get to chat at all about in our industry, which is cookies deprecation. But from uh, a publisher's perspective, I know you shared a Digiday article with us. Yeah. And that would be including in our show notes. First of all, let's talk about Digiday for a hot second. Like their title and their pictures for their articles is always on point. Like, <laughs> yes. Shouts to your team there. (laughs) I thoroughly appreciate the creativity and I wouldn't expect nothing else but from Digiday, but I always uh, appreciate the the images. But the coming cookie changes will force some small publishers to give up on advertising altogether. So that is mad drastic. Like it's, like we say, hella drastic. Uh, But I think it's uh, warranted. I think it's granted. So talk to us a little bit first, if you don't mind, just like recapping or giving us your opinion about this article and then what it really means since you are the expert, both of you are the expert and working closely with those publishers that may be affected. Yeah. The first, uh, as you said, uh, shouts to the crew there. We absolutely right? love um, <laughs> everything that they do. And especially, it's really hard to to do such a good job for, for such a, a long time. So mm-hmm. uh, we're happy for, for all they do to cover the space. And uh, I thought it was a great article. Um, yeah, the headline's scary. And I think it taps into really sort of this publisher anxiety that's really real out there. But I want to talk about that for a second. Um because I do believe, and I think the sensei would agree that, you know, when there's there's a lot of anxiety to do the right thing, you got to take a step back and take oh, a breath, absolutely. right? And absolutely. figure out, you know, what's that plan look, look like going forward? And I think what it really highlights is um, that publishers of all sizes are, are feeling anxiety, right? And I think uh, sometimes the sort of mid-sized, smaller publisher may express that a little bit more. Um, because okay. uh, so much of the strong marketing language that's happening in, in the industry and all the articles that get forwarded around to the C-suite are just about mm-hmm. things that a lot of publishers don't always have, right? Yeah. Uh, a, a friend of ours, Lila Hunt, produces great, you know, article about like all these things that, you know, make you feel like you don't have enough, you know? You don't have enough first party data. You don't have enough hashed emails. You don't have enough subscriptions, right? You mm-hmm. have to have all these recurring users. And I think it's a, it's a real anxiety that's out there. Um, in the article, I think, um, really is highlighting a survey that they did, uh, with a couple hundred publishers. And the results were that, Hey, if you're a big publisher, you've got a big game plan. 
um, or at least that's the way you talk, right? Mm -hmm. And if you don't, um, if you're not a very large publisher, then um, you might be a little bit more scared about what happens in a year and a half. So um, it was an interesting article because Justin and I talked to, you know, publishers that we work with directly. And then also we're, we're, we're part of a much larger publisher community that communicates yeah. regularly with each other, right? So mm -hmm. this is where uh, the importance of community and ecosystem relationships, and even as buyers and, you know, your, your perspective too, right? We, we can't just talk as publishers and as companies without um, talking to our buy side partners or to our connected technology partners to understand how to navigate some of that stuff. So it was a fascinating article. I encourage everybody to go read it uh, and, and sort of, you know, understand that, you know, um, you know, there's going to be hard work up ahead. And, and we're, we're certainly not afraid of that hard work. We welcome that hard work. And Justin and myself and a lot of other great companies have been through big change. And, and, and that's essentially uh, what's, what's coming down the pike. You know? So the anxiety that you well that that is felt across the industry comes from the revenue that will be lost. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay, just keep yeah, me honest yeah. here. Mm -hmm. I believe, as I was talking to other folks in the industry, they they're predicting that they to preserve the open web, they are expecting big publishers or small to medium publishers to now ask their readers to subscribe for free, or in order to have access to unlimited content, then you will have to at least sign up with your email address. So it is still like an email address or some type of identity that will need to be given in order to get to that content. Um, even if whether there's a paywall or without a paywall, there still be that sign up here first. I mean, Media Post has done that for years before it became sexy. Um, Digiday, you only have three articles a month for free. Ad Exchanger did it too. Um, so it's not uncommon for, like, I know for myself, I would invest in certain publishers if, if it made sense, right? Um, yeah. But the reality is that, is that a is that a perspective that's shared on the sell side? Does it make sense? Do you think that that's a plausible solution for publishers? One. And I don't know. What, what do you think? Let me just stop here for now. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I think first Justin uh, has architected, uh, mm -hmm. I think, you know, an approach with something that works for all publishers because every publisher is unique. So I want to let Justin uh, sort of explain that. Yeah, and I want to quickly too back up about the anxiety. I think part of that too is there's an unknown factor, right? When you enter something that's new, that's, you know, different for, from the last five, six years, publishers are, they're going to be anxious about it, right? Because they know how dollars are transacted on now. And yeah. then they're hearing that those dollars might not be transacted in the same way, you know, in a year. So that's just going to create like some anxiety in general. Mm -hmm. But I think really for a publisher, it's understanding like what you are as a publisher, right? Mm -hmm. So you bring up a great point, like, is email a potential solution? Is identity through means like that a potential solution? And it really depends on the publisher, right? Yeah. Do you have a bunch of emails or are you able to get them? I mean, if you have really loyal audiences, then maybe you, you can really double down on that over the next year. But if, you know, your audience is constructed of different compositions, then maybe you need to take a different path. And I think, I think it's really understanding your audience first and then crafting a strategy, you know, for your audience, for your site and really thinking about you at the forefront and maybe not even necessarily about all the solutions, right? There might be two or three to start with that really, really are going to work for you. And then 
double down on those for six months and then maybe on month seven, look at the fourth one or look at the fifth option and, and really think about it from your, your audience perspective. Yep. And Alain, you know, I think as Justin was, you know, describing, mm-hmm. this is, this is why, you know, publishers today really have to craft, you know, an individualized approach. You know, uh, these individualized strategies have, have really over the past sort of four or five years, so, sometimes sort of moved away when you had, you know, a strong rise of, you know, just some, some basic accelerators of, of, of revenue, you know, but now you realize that there's a number of stepping stones, bridges and transitional, you know, uh, sort of technologies, tactics and strategies that are going to yeah. be required to navigate that. And I, I love what you've talked about in mm-hmm. other shows of yours um, where, you know, from the buy side as well, there's also this anxiety, you know, there's also yeah. a, a recognition that, you know, uh, the way you measure, the way you report retargeting, like everything is affected, right? So imagine that, you know, both buy and sell side are actually, you know, pretty much feeling the same thing. And as Justin said, there's still some things that are unknown. And I think that um, as operators today, and if you're a publisher trying to figure out what to do, you actually have a lot of great basic ingredients to get started with today. Yeah. And uh, and so I think that can cut into that feeling and start to turn into an action plan and start to move away from that uh, anxiety. You got to take a breath, you know, step back and then figure out how to move forward. Yeah. And things will continually change too over the next year. So I think one of the most important things is, is to keep updated because, mm-hmm. you know, there might be new companies, new technologies, new things that Google comes out with, new first party data sets that buyers are going to want to look at, right? How do they scale that? So it's really important to think about and pay attention to like what's happening now might be different in April and then, you know, June. And then by the time we get into Q3, who knows? So yeah. So third party cookies allowed publishers to be and to stay competitive because that was one of their maybe unique offerings. Am I seeing this correctly? Or was there other ways for a publisher, a network to um, monetize their content outside of the third party? I mean, the cookie world. Yeah, I think uh, there's always been a, a number of different great ways for, for publishers mm-hmm. to be able to power their businesses through advertising. And I think uh, the third party cookie just made it exceptionally easy for mm-hmm. a, a lot of targeting and audience based sort of sort of targeting capabilities. And it just became a common currency to be able to use to transact and do things on a large scale. Um, but there, you know, have always been a number of, of great uh, ways to offer advertising products and, and, and help a, a marketer and advertiser be able to get in front of the audience that they want to be in front of. I, I think yeah. what's interesting though, moving forward, a, a lot of those old things are going to, um, you know, people are going to start kicking the tires on those things again and say like, Hey, you know, um, I need my direct sellers to become better at some of the tools and data and things that we had mm-hmm. uh, because a lot of publishers didn't do a really good job. Uh, with that number of different reasons, right? Challenges and all kinds of things. But, but um, you know, some folks are going to have to get better at doing that. Some folks are going to have to dust off some old products that maybe they had and, and, and start to use them in a new way. I, I think there's going to be a lot more one-to-one sort of communication, you know, between, you know, buyers and, and sellers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the, make a mistake about it. I mean, there's still going to be healthy, tremendous, programmatic, you know, business, 
right? That doesn't go away. It, it's just another evolutionary step, you know? And that's why I think if, if you can craft the right plan and uh, really figure out how to, to move forward, we could just see this as another big step in innovation. So. Yeah. I mean, again, looking from my perspective, I think that it's just going to arm partnerships, right? It's going to either alleviate some partnership or it's just going to be revealing a lot of things that were not particularly transparent before between buyers and buy side and sell side. And what I mean by that is that now we are going to develop some some pretty cool, like almost one-on-one partnership with some of those networks. I mean, it's not like it's never existed before. We're doing it with like the OTAs, the online traveling uh, vendors right now. We go straight direct to to their sites to buy some, um, not only content, but to place ads. So I think that's that's the concept that we might be going back to almost. Um, we might be going to more direct buys versus just the programmatic buys. But on that note is that how is media trade positioning themselves with their clients, with their customers? Like um, I know you mentioned to, you know, to, to take a breather, which I, I appreciate, of course. <laughs> um, but what's the, what's the real conversation that you are having with them? Yeah, yeah, sure. No, I, I think uh, it's interesting. You know, Justin and I, we talk with so mm-hmm. many media companies and on the onset or at first, it's like, what's a plug and play solution? Like, how do we, how do we just how do we just get this done? You know, that way, you know, we, we know that we're okay moving yeah, yeah. forward. And the reality is it's, it's a, it's a lot of hard work, right? So yeah. first, you know, really it, it sounds uh, very simple, but it's actually very hard to do. And that means mm-hmm. you need to create a game plan, you know, and, and some of the, the ways that we're helping our, our publishers to be successful is, is first uh, not thinking about what exactly is that one solution? Because as we said before, it's really going to be a combination of solution sets yeah, that's going to help I agree. get that done, right? And then also, uh, you know, executing, a, you know, a four to five sort of point plan to get started, you know, and one of them is creating that game plan, right? The second is sort of deciding who's going to lead or who's going to drive that process, right? Mm-hmm. And then it also means breaking down some silos that may exist because we're sometimes talking about multiple stakeholders, multiple uh, leadership roles that have a lot of the ingredients that you have to work yeah. with, right? Mm-hmm. And right, and so then you're going to have to figure out how to select the right partners. And this is what's interesting yeah. in the in the Digiday article. You know, with all the publishers, they realize that you know when you're approaching difficult things you sometimes have to partner up. And right now, it's absolutely clear that many publishers will need specialized help, right? They're not necessarily engineers or coders or uh, digital experts sometimes, right? And so that's where, you know, working with the right partners is really, really going to be important. So you got to create those blueprints, figure out the ingredients you have, what kind of pub are you, who's going to cook, who's going to construct, you know (laughs) what I mean? What are the tools you're going to use and what products make sense for you? Because as Justin pointed out earlier, you know, if you think you're going to go from zero emails to half a million emails in a year, I'm sorry, that's a very hard thing to do. Right. Might not be realistic. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to you've got to work with what you've got. And and so I think that's where, you know, really the 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 sort of right plan really, really matters. And and what we've seen is a lot of folks want to go straight to how is this fixed in six months, right? And uh and it can be intimidating, but the reality is once you take a breath, like we said, 
and, and stop and then start to build and execute that plan, we've got some time. We've got time to, to get better. Give me an example of the plan that you would, um, I'm hopefully, I'm not putting anyone on the spot here, but give us an example of plan. I'm very curious because for instance, on this side of the water, on the buy side, we have contextual targeting. We have uh, leveraging first party data. Um, we have Pribid and uh, Unify ID 2.0, I think it's still 2.0. Um, so we have somewhat some solution. And then there's like specific vendors such as like TapAd or um, I think the Washington Post that are coming up with their own thing. So again, we're going back to almost like going to, towards that direct buy. But to me, those are definitely options I am considering across with clients, campaigns, whichever, because it's offering diversity in our targeting. So contextual, I mentioned like um, a whitelist here uh, based on first party data, based on your own website traffic. So what is an example of plan that, especially for small to medium um, publishers or, or smaller to medium network, if that makes sense? Sure. And I think uh, I'll answer your question first. And I'll let Justin yeah. answer too. But just we, we just recently talked with a big buyer and I'll, I'll tell you what their answer was. Right. Mm -hmm. And you just described having to have to kind of get a whole bunch of different things out. Right. Now you're going to be cooking with a whole lot of stuff. But what if the answer to your question is actually you're going to have to do a little bit of all of it. Right. And that's and that's where, you know, it's going to be more complex. It's going to be more work. And it means that uh, manpower, it means that just like roles uh, at agencies or even publishers are going to have to increase. There's more work to yeah. be done. Right. And this is specifically what, what the buyer was saying. So just just to, from one buyer's words to another buyer, it means all of those things you mentioned, you're probably going to have to tap into all of them. Yeah. And they're all going to serve a, a certain purpose because what we know is absolutely true is that every publisher is different, right? The idea that you could treat every single publisher the same is wrong, right? It's like Nutrisystem, right? 10 pounds in 10 weeks, you just eat this one meal. Yeah. But what you figure out is that every human being and every person and every body type and everything is different. And it's the yes. same thing like a publisher, right? So, but I'll turn it over to Justin, I know. Yeah. And I think going back, you know, to the original point about us, which is like really good about being an in-source team is that we sit so closely with the publishers. That means their dev team. That means their ops team. We have dev teams. We have ops teams, right? But together we understand how their website works. We understand their content. We sit with their content teams to understand what they're doing there. So the contextual side of that. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, specifically for our publishers, what we're doing is we were looking at what they're good at, right? What they have audience wise, starting to accelerate those. So let me give you an example. We have one publisher who already has a good amount of emails and logins. So we're working with them over the next year to really accelerate that process. We have other publishers that have really, you know, direct audiences with high, high users that come every day and they have less emails, but we're crafting a solution for them there. So we're really thinking about the publisher on an individual level. And then others were even doing things like working on redesigns because that's a thing that a lot of publishers aren't thinking about, right? Yeah. The one way to combat like, you know, that is how you deliver an ad, make it more viewable, make it more like higher attribution, things like that. And this is something that, you know, a publisher has been looking to do for a couple of years. And then this is almost like a, a good way to really accelerate that process and really create a more user friendly environment. Because if you think about what's happening here is, you know, all of these changes are really looking at the user first, their user first 
concepts, privacy, you know, third party cookies versus, you know, where the industry is moving towards. So, so it really depends on the publisher, but really getting a, a detailed and concrete plan for what the publisher's audience is and then working with their teams in source to really accelerate that. Got it. Thank you so much for joining the conversation and we hope you enjoyed it. Please do us three small favors. Follow us on Apple iTunes and leave us a review. Like and comment on all social media. Sign up to our newsletter on the website, programmaticdigest.com, which sends you one reminder every new episode or once a month as a recap. For any articles, topics, and the guest information, you can find it in the show notes on our website, programmaticdigest.com. Thank you and stay curious, my friend.